building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is the Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. All right, Giant Builders, it's Tuesday at two, and here we are. I am with Miriam Campbell. Hi, Miriam. How are you today? Great, doing well. Thanks for having me here. I would tell you, Giant Builders, that first off, I want to thank you for listening. I really appreciate your time and try to work really hard to bring guests that or topics that I think will help you build giants in your family and your business. And uh, Miriam's going to give us some really, really great skills for kind for connection. That's actually her name, a name of her business, skillsforconnection.com. And so Mary, will you share a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, so I am a speech therapist and a social worker. And what I do is work with parents and teachers and therapists, uh, primarily parents at this point, with helping them support their child's development, social emotional development. So that looks like social skills, that looks like emotional regulation, that looks like uh, helping them figure out how to problem solve. And um, I really do believe that when parents see their children in a process of development, just like we see our kids, like, you know, learning how to crawl and then learning how to walk. And, you know, we we know that it's a process when we view their social emotional development in that lens also, then it is really, really empowering for our kids to see themselves eventually become giants. And, you know, the process becomes less of a challenge every time that there's a mishap and, you know, milk spilled on the floor (laughs) and more of a developmental journey where as parents, we get to see our kids in find their giantness inside of them and help grow it and nurture it and develop it. So they can see themselves in that journey of becoming, you know, giants (laughs) as we hope we as parents develop our own selves to become giants. So that's really what I do. Well, that's great. So let me ask you, how much of a difference is it now compared to pre-COVID time? So I actually was working primarily with kids pre-COVID. And I worked, you know, I, I always, I always thought the parents have to be part of the journey or, you know, the adults in the child's life, because uh, we learn from example, and there isn't a way to, you know, sit down in a textbook and, have a con you know cognitively know how to regulate internally when our heart is pounding and we're so angry and we don't know how to modulate our emotion it needs to be experiential it has to be when the child is in the middle of a conflict um, i'm not saying that that's the best learning time but that's when we see them in that process that's how we can support them and develop those skills so i always had parents involved but post covid um i have actually in my own work done a lot more focus on supporting parents and supporting the adults because when I work with kids, I'm only with them for an hour, maybe two hours a week. And parents are with them for many more hours and the teachers are with them for many more hours. And I saw this all the time when I was working in the schools as a therapist or clinics as a therapist that I really saw that the teachers are with the kids so much more of the day than I would ever be able to. And that was where I started really transitioning to doing professional developments in schools to teach the teachers how to do it. I, I taught also, and I got to really see that it's a such a difference being able to work with the child all the time. So 
post-COVID, I'm uh, transitioning more to supporting the adults and the children's lives and helping them develop skills. Okay. So give me an example of, I don't want to say a common issue, but something that might be a concern for some of our listeners. So I think that's something that comes up a lot um, is the fear of imperfection in our kids. And the, the irony is, is that um, in order for us to be able to really sit with our ch- our children in their challenge, when they're having a meltdown, when they are fighting, when they are bullying, when they are being bullied, etc., we really do have to, as I mentioned, see it as a process. When we as parents see ourselves as like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I just screamed at my kid, or I, you know, I have no idea how to, you know, handle modulate my own emotions. When we see ourselves in the journey of being developers of ourselves, then the whole uh, drama is lessened and we're able to actually celebrate our victories of, you know, any accomplishments that we're able to have and celebrate our child's victories. So they tantrumed all day, but they were listened, you know, in between the tantrum between getting from, you know, the no in the store to getting that candy and getting to the car. They were able to go to the car and be able to celebrate that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I screamed at my kid, but I was able to afterwards apologize. Or I screamed at my kid, but then afterwards, you know, during bedtime, really found some moments to connect with them. And being able to see it as a process and as a journey, I think, is something that I bump into all the time when I'm working with parents and um, aside from learning the actual skills of like, okay, so what do I say to my child? How do I help them understand their environment, understand how to problem solve, how to understand the other person's perspective, how to be able to negotiate, how to be able to, uh, you know, express something of compassion to another person, all these skills we want our kids to have, we want ourselves to have, when we view it as a journey and as a process, that is a game changer because then it becomes less threatening anytime there's a, you know, we bump into a mishap or we bump into a mistake or we've done, you know, done something that we're ashamed of or our child has done something they've ashamed of. They don't have to become that problem. They can become, oh, that is one step in my journey of trying to become a bigger person, a more connected person, a more caring person, you know, a child and parent, all of us, none of us uh, uh, are free from that. So it's really a beautiful journey that we get to, you know, embark on. So do you think it's kind of God's humor that we have children with completely different reactions to things? You know, it's like we have to learn how to, respond to each child differently because of their personalities i actually honestly love it it's one of my favorite things (laughs) as a parent personally and also working with the parents that i see because um i'll have some parents that i work with who see themselves that's say struggling themselves socially and they'll feel like oh my gosh i can't believe like now i have this child that i'm supposed to be supporting how am i going to be able to support this child it's something i can't even do myself i get angry now i'm supposed to support my child is angry i have adhd now i'm supposed to support my child is adhd how can i ever do that you know and they'll sometimes feel Mm -hmm. guilt or shame or all these different things but i actually find that that's really the most beautiful thing because Let's say for these parents that find themselves struggling with the same thing their child struggles with, 
or the opposite. They can't relate to their child. The same skill that they want to develop, for, they want their child to develop are actually the skills that we need to develop for ourselves. So let's say they have a child that is, you know, very impulsive. They themselves are very organized, you know, reserved or whatever. And their child is much more, um, out there and they don't know how to relate to their child. So what they would want their child to be able to do is I'll take perspective, take notice, mommy's on the phone. Don't, you know, don't bother me while I'm on the phone. Now, the parent also gets to develop that skill. Oh, my child experiences the world in such a different way. I can develop perspective taking skills and grow my own skills, which are the same skills that actually I'm hoping my child develops. And that that beautiful uh, interchange is so incredible because the humility that parents have, and, and I've seen it again and again, and the parents I work with, I'm just totally, they're not necessarily so proud of themselves, but I, when I hear them and I, um, I'm listening to their, their journey and their process, you know, I'm thrilled with and totally, you know, inspired by that process of, you know, there's no, again, as I said, there's no one free from this process or this journey. And because of that, we as parents get to evolve and become more compassionate when we're dealing with a child who's different than us. And that same skill that we hope our child has, we sort of become responsible to develop in our process of parenting and in our process of teaching and working as, you know, in therapy or it, really with anybody. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a, something we all can in develop and gain more so skills. So what, what are some things that we can do to... I don't know if necessarily put our children in situations or to help them interact with people in a pleasant way. Uh, should we put them like take them to the children's museum and w what should we be doing? That's such a great question. Um, one of the things that I find is, as I was saying, is being able to see the situations that people have in lives and being able to understand what's, what's in it, sort of like hack it. <laughs> I know that's a big thing. Like, how do you hack this? Hacking life and seeing that there are so many uh, opportunities. That's really what I do. The skills for connection. That's what I'm doing is I'm teaching parents how to take a situation, take an opportunity in the library, take a situation when their sibling is knocking on the bathroom door and they think it's their turn and they think it's their turn. And how, how do we navigate that? How do we see that opportunity as an opportunity of perspective taking, of self-control, of uh, finding our biggest and most you know, best selves. Um, so I, I don't even find that we need to create situations. I find that the situ situations are already there. When you're in the grocery store, when you're visiting grandma and maybe she has dementia or maybe someone else in the home has, in the nursing home has dementia. How do I relate to another person from such a different experience or less dramatically? How do I relate to my brother who wants the last piece of sushi? And I also want the last piece of sushi. <laughs> Other, the, you know, life gives us so many, um, opportunities and and that's really i really do believe like i'm you know i'm uh a, i believe in god and i believe that situations he puts in our life are situations and opportunities for us to grow ourselves and it's really an, an incredibly um uh relaxing thing to be able to notice that anything that we encounter are are um they're, they're the springboards for us to leap and grow beyond what we could have imagined. That challenging coworker, that challenging child, <laughs> that challenging neighbor, challenging spouse, family member, etc. There, you know, it's all it's all there around us, and uh, we get to have this incredibly um, uh, enhancing 
experience to be able to develop and flourish and nurture and expand and become giants as you know as the podcast name is it's it's really what it's about is there a process or a step that i can take when i approach that that challenging coworker, that challenging neighbor that challenging child is there something that i should do for me before that interaction that is such a great question. You are on fire. <laughs> You're just doing so great. You really are getting to the heart of it. Um, so one of the core things that I teach, I teach different constructs, but one of the core constructs that I teach is self and other. And we can't ever really connect to another until we know ourselves, love ourselves, validate ourselves. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have to interact with others. Like even before I have total acceptance of parts of me that are challenging, I still am going to engage with other people in my life, but to recognize, oh, that that's a self piece. And then we have an other outside of us. So let's say uh, to before I would want to acknowledge what the other person, my child has just, you know, thrown yogurt on my face. I'm feeding him yogurt. He's thrown it on in my face. Now, Obviously, that's very upsetting. I don't like people to throw yogurt in my face. <laughs> that's very frustrating. Um, so first, to be able to validate for myself, like, oh, I just experienced something that I don't really like. I, my, you know, my self protectiveness is going to rise. My blood pressure is, you know, I'm in fight or flight. I just need a, how am I going to be able to protect that? I don't get any more yogurt over on me. <laughs> I don't want to get my outfit. I don't have time to shower. I don't, whatever. I don't want more yogurt on me. Okay. So now I can, I've, I've experienced myself. I validated myself and now I can still in myself think, who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to show up? Do I want to lean forward, slap my kid, yell at my kid, uh, grab the yogurt away, jerk them away? What is that how I want to? Do I want to take a moment, maybe step away, take a deep breath? Um, and, and it doesn't always have to be perfect, but that would be, let's say, the process of seeing, okay, who am I in myself? And then I can engage with how do I want to relate to the other? Now, also in the other, there might be the child who's like, recognize, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. I might be feeling afraid or might the child might be feeling like, uh, that's funny. Haha, ha, look, mommy's covered in yogurt. <laughs> that's hilarious. Look what I did or whatever the feelings being able to see, okay, what is happening in the other? And then that engagement between self and other. I actually wrote a children's book, um, called bubble double, which really goes through this process in a very, very like simple, easy to access way where kids can actually see this, uh, self and in the engagement of them and the other and that space that the two people uh, are connecting with is that bubble double and there's rules of that bubble double how do we greet a person how do we make sure we're respecting the other who am I in myself and that sort of that dynamic that interplay of being able to have a relationship so that's um, a resource that's very easy to understand the concepts you know I have I have uh, even older kids not, you know, it's, it's geared for like four through seven, eight years old, but even older kids can sort of like just see the visualization. It's such a powerful way of understanding, oh, what is a self? What is an other? We can share space. We can respect the other. We can connect to the other. And, you know, it's really how I view the most essential way of teaching social skills, of teaching relationship, friendship skills is through that lens of like, oh, the goal is connection. So I might have a self and I'm allowed to have a self. And I also have another goal of, for myself of connection. So how do I, you know, navigate that dynamic? Sounds like a good Christmas gift for my husband. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's it's all about how we can develop ourselves. <laughs> it's a it's a good Christmas gift for your husband for, for when we develop ourselves. <laughs> there, that's the trick. <laughs> um, all right. So, all right. I'm going to give you a situation that I recently experienced. And advise me here. So we had our grandchildren for a couple of weeks and our granddaughter, I, I couldn't figure out if she was so involved in what she was doing. She didn't hear us. If she was deliberately ignoring us to see how we would respond. Um, but we'd, we'd have to say something to her like three times, you know, like Rosie, get your shoes on. Rosie, get your shoes on. Shoes, <laughs> Rosie, get them on, you know? And, um, and my husband got irritated, you know, like, Gigi said, get your shoes on, you know. And so one time in the car, she said, why is Papa always angry? And, you know, and it's like, well, because you're not listening, you know, you you don't listen. So what would how would you advise us to go through something, that kind of process? Wow. So there's so much humanity in that. There's so much like uh, there's so many pieces in that journey. Um there's your husband's frustration, you know, what's ha what's happening in his world. What does that mean to him to not have someone respond when he's trying to access them, especially mm -hmm. someone that he loves and uh, might be concerned about what does that mean about, you know, her, Rosie's future? How is she going to, you know, what's, what's going to be with her if she's not responding, you know, all those components that he's experiencing. And then there's Rosie's experience, which is she's involved in something that she doesn't want to be getting her shoes on right now. Yeah. And, she's getting bothered. What's, what's going on in my world? Or maybe she doesn't even hear. Maybe she really has, let's say an auditory issue. I don't know. I can't diagnose her. I don't know where mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't diagnose right. her at this point. Um, and then there's also your process where you want to, let's say, leave the house and you're trying to go somewhere and your concerns and your feelings about this, like what's happening? Why isn't she listening to me? Uh, why did I get her that gift that now she's ignoring me? <laughs> <laughs> no more presents for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um that's disrespectful young lady etc etc yeah. um so that gets back to the self and other piece of really trying to break down and address the different pieces there's different components understanding what it was what it is will be helpful but even if not education is always helpful so like um i have a children's book it's actually called danny three times <laughs> and it's about a child that parents keep on calling them and they keep on not listening and then you know it's a whole story how then they do they the child is trying to reach out to the parent and the parent doesn't hear them you know you know quote unquote three times and etc you know just like that type of visual and it's, a, it's an educational experience mm -hmm. so i wouldn't in the moment give them an educational experience but in a time when you know very even keel whatever being able to have that discussion you know, someone's calling, it feels so respectful for someone to answer. It actually does cover this in the Bubble Double book. It talks about greeting somebody or answering when someone's talking to you and what that, the eye contact and how that's helpful. Um, but just that, that's just the concept in her mind. I don't think that the concept is something that she doesn't understand. My guess is that it's not conceptual, but that would be just like, okay, let me make sure she has the concept. Teach it to her at a different time in a very non-threatening way. You can make up a story with, you know, three teddy bears, whatever, whatever you want to do type of thing. That's one component. The other component would be joining her in her world. So like, let's say she's playing a puzzle. When she's playing a puzzle and you're trying to get her to put her shoes on, 
making sure that you have entered her world so she's heard you. So let's say bending down to her level, looking her in the eye, maybe saying like before you say that, trying to be like, oh, look, that puzzle piece goes right here. Now she will have her attention. And you'd be like, Rosie, you have two more pieces and then you're going to put your shoes on. Um, so this way she had, you've seen her in herself. Oh, she's actually interested in the puzzle. I see that you're interested in the puzzle. You've acknowledged her in her other and then being able to help her move to, let's say, your own worldview, which is she needs to get into the car and giving her that direction. Mm-hmm. She's a child. She needs to have direction. That's how we, that's how this world has evolved. We're born infants. We are very helpless. And as parents, we are responsible for providing that direction for our kids. We help them know where they need to go in life. So we're going to give them that directive. We're not going to say like, oh, that she's in the middle of her world. I'm just going to let her continue, you know, doing her puzzle, whatever she needs to go to school or she's we're all going now to the restaurant or whatever it is that parents have decided is what she's going to do now. But it's like, it's an acknowledgement before you invite her into your world. It's okay. seeing her in her world. She has validity. She's a self. She has doing her puzzle. You've seen her in her own world. That doesn't mean she has to stay there, but it's sort of a way of entering her world to bring her out. Um, the other thing you can do, um, and this is something we do when we're trying to teach kids to make eye contact when they are asking for something, is sort of, let's say she's holding, I don't know, like a bop it game, you know, holding the bop it so she like isn't distracted by it. Um, this is very hard for iPads, very hard for, um, you know, kids who are watching something mm-hmm. for, for, let's say using an electrical, you know, media type of a device. I really recommend having these things on an electrical timer where you aren't the one having to enforce it because mm-hmm. it makes a power struggle every single time. It's a challenge every single time. Um, the device shuts off at five thirty, and dinner is at six. So you don't have to now engage in that. How do I get her off her phone? How do I get him off his tablet? How do I get him off the TV? It's turning off automatically. It's already built into the system. So that's another piece. That's great. Well, this is all really great advice. I'm definitely going to get a few books for my grandchildren. (laughs) So how can people reach you? Well, I'm always available for e- um, at email, uh, by email, <laughs> Miriam at skillsforconnection.com. Um, and I have some free training videos for people who um, would like to learn more about how to do this, what it looks like. And people are always, you know, able to access Bubble Double, my book, uh, and I'm many different podcasts that I try and describe to help support parents in ways that they can take with them and, you know, move with it, fly with it, grow okay. with it. All right. Any closing thoughts? Um, Just hats off to everybody who is here listening uh, because I have so much respect when people take the initiative to see themselves as in process and in growth. And when you listen to a podcast like this, that's about growth and about developing self. um, I think there's nothing more, you know, inspiring than that. So the fact that you've logged in or, you know, clicked in from wherever you are and have listened to this, uh, I just have so much respect and uh, would love to hear from you guys at any point. Great. Well, thank you. All right, Giant Builders, make sure you let your friends who have children in their life or other people in their life (laughs) watch this episode. All right. Thank you, Miriam. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.